realize how often I still live. You guys all know that? You all realize how often you still live? I'm gonna pray for us that we die. That we would take again our reality. But I'm baptized into his death. I don't have to live for people. Today, I'm free to live and love God with all my heart and to love others more than I love myself. Alright? So let's celebrate that in this life right there. I lived kind of a religious life before that didn't really agree with me and prayed about it. And ended up here at K2 and I couldn't be happier. I just realized in my older years that uh, I've lived a pretty selfish life. Like that. Uh, it's not enough. I had a lot of darkness, a lot of sadness in my life. Come on, it all hasn't gone away. I know that he's with me. I never have to go through it alone. So I just wanted the world to know what he already knows that I thank him and that I love him. And that he's all, I know he's always going to be there. You guys, that is, it is such a great picture, um, and then we'll, we'll be talking about it even again today, that you are, when people put their faith in Christ, there is a new life that happens within us, and it is a great, great celebration. And so, I, I mean, I'm, thank you so much for being here. This has been a fun morning. This is one of those more, I, I wish I could do this like 27 times today. I'm serious, this is the greatest thing I get to share with you today. It's so encouraging, and because we're looking at hope. We're looking at hope today, and we're in this series talking about, um, it called immortality, immortal. Are you living like we're never going to die? And today, we're going to actually dive right into heaven a little bit more, and we're going to look at the hope that he gives us in that, and, that's, and this is a really, really great day. And um, <clears throat> uh, there really is only one reason I'm wearing this shirt today. Um, thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Susie. And that is because uh, somebody actually bought it for me last week. <laughs> I was actually walking out of here the white box, and they handed me this, and said, hey, Dave, I bought this for you. And uh, guess where they bought it? At a garage sale. <laughs> and they put a little note in there, and they said, I guess nobody else wanted it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the curse. But I just thought, I got to wear this today because today's opening weekend of the NFL, and I'm a Lions fan, and today's the only day I actually have hope. <laughs> right? It's like I have hope every beginning that this, maybe it'll be different this year. And, and this is where the scriptures say, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so uh, that's where we're at. But I tell you, yesterday was a fun day, wasn't it, you fans? Man, that's lame. Yeah, I tell you, it was, it was a great game. I mean, they just crushed them. And it was so fun. And then Michigan beat Notre Dame. Yes. 
So it was a good day yesterday. Um, but I took my two girls to the football game yesterday, and it was great. First thing we did, of course, was get hot dogs. And um, so we're underneath the stadium. We're getting our hot dogs right as the game was beginning, and the kickoff's happening. Well, if you go to a Utes game and the kickoff's happening, what happens? Go ahead and do it. Anybody know? Yeah. I mean, the whole stadium just starts ramming. And we're underneath the stadium, and this, just this huge noise happens. And this was so funny. The guy working the concessions on the other counter, he goes, what is going on? Sure, he started looking outside to see what was happening. I'm like, this guy's never worked a U game before. But it was just incredible because there's this raucous noise. There's nothing like being around 40,000 people, right, who are just going crazy about a game, except maybe at University of Michigan Stadium where it's 115,000 people. It is an unbelievable experience, and it's so fun to have that kind of celebration and fighting and cheering together. And then it hit me, you know what? Um, so this morning... In the state of Utah, it, we also know that about 2%, if you go high, 2% of the population in Utah go to a Christian church on a Sunday morning. And that would mean, with our population of our state, there are less people in all the churches, in the Christian churches in the state of Utah this morning than were at the Utah game last night. And I just want to tell you, that actually hits me. Every time I go to a Ute game, I, just, I look at these 45,000 people and I just think, do any of these people know the real game? Does anybody else know the real cheer, the real excitement? And, and I just realized that, that I, th I think we struggle with that. But I just want to tell you this morning, there is a crowd, actually. And they go raucous. And they cheer. And someday, some of us are going to be able to experience it. And it's going to blow away every freaking sports thing you've ever been to. Even if the Lions win the Super Bowl. It'll be close. <laughs> but here's what happened. Jesus told a story. And he said, you know what, if a guy had 100 sheep and he lost one of them, don't you know he'd go after the one that was lost? Now, I know that's a little hard for us because anybody in here have a sheep? You know, we don't have sheep. But back in that, that was your livelihood. And so if one of them went away, he says he would leave the 99 and he'd go find the one. And then he said, and when he found it, he'd bring it back. And he says he'd gather everybody else around him and he'd say, I found my lost sheep, come and celebrate with me. And then he tells the story of a woman who just lost a coin, a poor widow who lost her coin. And when she found the coin, she finally has sustenance because she found it. She said, come everybody and celebrate with me. And here's what Jesus said. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to. In the same way, he says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What he's saying, you guys, is you know what? It's like we get all excited, man, because of a football game and grown men are hugging each other and they're raising their hands in the air because Michigan won over Notre Dame. And then we meet on Sunday mornings and it's like, yes, and people who are dying, who were created to be with God like forever and who were separated from him, there are people who got baptized and now they live forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. <clears throat> That's my point. We don't get it. We don't get it. Our humanity cannot understand the depth and the heaviness of our life. And the only way we can is we got to start understanding heaven. 
And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to tell you, there is a victory, there is a celebration, there is a party that we can't imagine, and it is your destiny. It's what you were created for. The Bible is so clear, man, that there is a purpose. You were created, the Bible says, for this purpose, and it's talking about the world to come. And so obviously this world has purpose, but we get so caught up in just what we can see here that we're missing the great, grand design of you. And you were made for something greater, and it's your destiny. And what's so cool, you guys, is that victory is actually a victory that can be sure, unlike my Lions game this afternoon. See, I have hope that they'll win. Not really, but I'd say that. But when the Bible talks about hope, it is hope in a different definition. It is something that has already happened. It's done. It's secure. And because you know it's there, you can put your hope in it. And he wants us to know that today. So I just got a couple questions for you. Do you know what's going to happen to you when you die? Do you? And if you do, if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ, I think I got the right answer. Are you living like you're never going to die? Are you? Or are you being duped into living for stuff that's only going to be here for a second? Today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that gives us hope and encourages us. It's a great day. But I'm telling you, what I'm going to share with you is goofy. <laughs> it is really. You guys, it is. It's goofy. So, we need to pray because this stuff is not human. You don't learn this in school. This is supernatural. This is revelation. These are things that human minds can't understand, and so we need God to actually open up our eyes to get it, okay? And that's where we're going today. So if you want some hope, if you want to understand what's going to go on after this world's over, then let's pray and let's ask God to do it for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. God, what a fun day love giving messages like this. Pray again in this service for your fresh anointing, for your fresh presence. Give me the ability to speak clearly, and then I pray that they would hear you, not me, you. Open the eyes of our hearts, God, no matter who's here. Every person who wonders if you exist, Jesus, every person who wonders if you actually are the Son of God, God, for every person here who says, I, I do believe Jesus is the Son of God, but right now is <clears throat> just struggling to really walk in that and to live, all of us, God, today, right now, open the eyes of our hearts so that we will walk out of here with hope. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 1 Thessalonians, that's where we've been. We've been in this book. It's a letter that Paul wrote to a church. Only one more week. Next week will be the last week. So here we are, chapter 4, verse 13. If you have your Bibles, 4, 13, you can open up to them. Otherwise, uh, grab your phone, pull it up there, here on the screen. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you don't have to grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, now I, I need to stop there again because Paul does this a few times in Thessalonians. He goes, now, okay, okay just remind, he, he says, I want you to remind you of something. These aren't my ideas. 
goes, this isn't stuff that I thought up because I'm really wise and smart and want to share with you my philosophy about what happens after death. He goes, according to the Lord's word, he's going, I'm just sharing with you what Jesus said. And Jesus is the one who also said this, right? He said, I'm telling you guys, listen, I'm coming from another kingdom. I am not from your world. I'm coming from another world and I'm bringing it down here to open up your eyes because you will never see ultimate reality unless somebody opens them up. And that's why I came. It's one of the reasons he said I came. So Paul says, so I'm not going to share with you my human philosophy here. I'm going to share with you what Jesus Christ said. And then he goes here. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who fall asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Isn't that wacky? I mean, seriously, can we just be honest? That's some, that's some far out stuff. So now let me share this. Here's where we're going to go today. I'm going to share from here a few things that are true about us about humanity. I'm going to share a couple things that are true about Jesus. And then, this is why I love this passage. Really, what's happening here, Paul starts off and he goes, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to have hope. And then the last word is he says, and then I want you to encourage each other with these words. So it's a good Sunday to be here because you should leave today with hope and encouragement. Does that sound good? Anybody want some of that? So that's what he wants to give you today. Now, in these five verses, he says some pretty deep stuff. I just got to tell you, man, I'm going to share some things, but I cannot get into the depth of what happens in the end times, okay? Uh, we will have to do a series on this, and we will. I'm, I'm telling you, I know God's saying do a series on this. So we can dive in deeper. But, um, but here we go. Truth about us, truth about Jesus, and then hope and encouragement. Here's some truth about us. Number one. There's a lot of death in your future. Just wanted to encourage you, right, with that. No, but can, do you guys know that? I don't care if America ends up being this super wonderful country or not. There is just a lot of death in your future. It's one of the few things that's universal to human experience. I, I know this a little bit more now because of my dad, who's getting older in his years. I, you know, I told you when I came back from being with him this summer, it's like I'd never seen him take, just physically take, it looked older and getting closer to that day. I called him this week and he just said, hey, Dave, yep, he goes, you know what my life's like after we went through all this medical stuff? He goes, basically, I'm like an old car. He goes, parts just stop working. And so he goes and he gets this replaced and he has this, you know, that's just his, that's where he's at. Probably about every two or three months when I call him, he says, hey, remember so-and-so who was at the church? Yeah, okay, well, you know, we went to their funeral. You know, you know, so-and-so, he's like, yeah, they're, they're, this is what they're, you guys understand this? This is, where, this is where every human being goes. There is death, and a lot of it in your future, none of us are going to escape that. So I just have to ask you this question, have you faced your mortality? I mean, I know you know you're going to die, but have you faced it? Do you ever think about it? And I'm not talking about being morbid. I'm just talking, have you thought about it? Because when you do, it changes how you live. And so what we do is we don't like to think about it. So we just kind of deny it, right? We live in denial or we just ignore it. Some of us fear it and so we don't want to think about it. And so we just shove it down. 
And we're shoving down a reality that every one of you in this room is gonna face. And not just are you gonna die, people you love are gonna die. And, and, and we gotta know, so what's gonna happen when that happens? Man, do some funerals with me, right? And we'll know, this is reality. So there's your first thing that's true about us. We're just gonna face a lot of death and that's just part of being human. Here's a second truth about us. That when we die, we get to live. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep. And then in every verse after that, he says, he uses that term again, those who are asleep in Christ, those who are dead in Christ, those who are asleep. Now Jesus, when he got news that Lazarus had died, this is a story in the Bible where a good friend of his, Lazarus, died. And he got news that Lazarus has died. And he actually stayed back for a few days instead of doing anything about it. And then he told his disciples and he said, hey, you guys, uh, Lazarus has fallen asleep, so we need to go see him. And so his disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, isn't that a good thing? Maybe he'll get better. And so Jesus said, okay, um, he's dead. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's kind of how the conversation goes. So even with Jesus, this term, fallen asleep, it's not a soul sleep. It's not like some people might think like, well, when people die, they go into this kind of catechotic state and there's just, you know, they're asleep and they're not really there. Like that, Jesus has nothing to do with that. He's like, no, when he uses this term falling asleep means you're actually dead. And now let me just share with you what the Bible teaches about life after death. The classic Christian verse, John 3.16, says, God so loved you and everybody on this planet so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. And that's for everyone. And so when someone receives Christ, when someone puts their faith in Christ, what happens is there's actually the most, the Bible says it's the mystery it's so deeply spiritual that no human being could ever figure this out. But the hope of glory is Christ in you. The hope of glory is Christ in you. And here's why that's your hope. Because all of you are going to die, and I don't know about you, if you know this, you don't have eternal life in you. Did you guys know that? You have a beginning and an end. And every human being has beginning and end. And if that human being at the end has not received something eternal, then that life will not go on. But for every person who has received Christ, because Christ rose and lives forever, he now is inside you to give you life that goes on forever. And that's why the Bible, in this passage, he talks about those who are asleep in him, those who are dead in Christ. There's a spiritual union with an eternal God, and it gives you eternal life. But here's what I want to let you know. The Bible's really clear. When you die, what happens is every person who's in Christ goes immediately to be with him in heaven. Yeah, hallelujah. That's good news, man. When I walked in the hospital and my mom died, right, I wanted to know that. Have you ever, anybody in here lost a loved one? Don't you want to know? And here's what's cool. It's like they go with, to be with him right away. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, he said, today, Right, he's on the cross, he's dying. One guy over here is mocking him and saying, I want nothing to do with you, right? And Jesus is like, okay, then when you die, you'll have nothing to do with me. And then the other guy over here is going, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he puts his faith in Christ and Christ just looks at him and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that cool? Today you will be with me in paradise. When a person dies and they've put their faith in Christ, immediately they go into his presence. 
Years ago, I did a, series, a message, and I couldn't find the, the actual uh, backing of this, but I remember finding a scientific study that shows they weigh people at their very last moments, and as soon as it flatlines and they die, the weight of the body lessens. It gets lighter. Over and over again, they're dead. Oop, the body just died. The, the, the change of the weight of the body got lighter. Isn't that crazy? You know why? That's because you left your body. I'm telling you, man, when I walked into that hospital, I was, in, I was with my mom that day, left, got the code red light, came back into the hospital room, walked in, and she was dead. And I remember the first thing that hit me was, she's gone. She's not there. You guys seen that? You know it, don't you? They're not there. And every person who's received Christ in that moment, you can know that they're in his presence. It's awesome. D.L. Moody says this. He's this great old-time preacher in Chicago. He says, soon you will read in the newspaper that I am dead. Don't believe it for a moment. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I will be more alive than ever before. Earth recedes and heaven opens before me. But here's what's crazy, you guys, is my mom right now is in heaven, but this present heaven is intermediate. It's actually temporary, and it's not our final destination. And this is where I need some time eventually to share more of this with you, but this is really cool. Uh, Randy Elkhorn says this, will Christians live in heaven forever? The answer depends on what we mean by heaven. Will we be with the Lord forever? Absolutely. Will we always be with him in exactly the same place that heaven is now? No. This is where I, 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 it's like, what? In the present heaven, everyone is in Christ's presence and everyone is joyful. But everyone is also looking forward to Christ's return to earth when they will experience their resurrection and walk on earth again. Did you know that? See, this is where I think most of us think, God, why would I want to go to heaven and strum harps on a cloud? Right? Why would I want to leave this really cool earth and this beautiful place that rocks and the mountains and the trees, and then I got to go to some ethereal existence up there? Well, I'm telling you, man, heaven is real, and my mom is there now, but she knows this too, man. She's not staying there forever. Eventually, the plan of God was, I'm going to take heaven and earth, which are separate right now, right? That's why we're struggling. We're down here on earth, it's all broken and messed up, and heaven is perfect, but eventually, he says, I'm going to make a new heaven and a new earth. New earth! And his whole promise is, you will come back and you will be here forever. Heaven is there now for people who die. They've fallen asleep, as the word says, and they're with him. Cool. Good. But eventually, his ultimate plan is to bring us back here and we get to rock on this planet. Now, that's awesome. And that's what we're going to be doing forever. I'm going to get to that in a moment. All right. So here's the two things we know. There's a lot of death in your future and anyone who has Christ, they have eternal life, and they immediately go into his presence, and they'll be with him forever in the present heaven and in the new earth to come. Here's the last thing we can know about us, that we will be reunited with others. Isn't that good? Yeah. I mean, if you've lost someone you love, you just want to know that. First Thessalonians 4.17 says, After that, we who are still alive and are left we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. We're going to be together, you guys. And I'm not even going to go into more into that, but that's just good news. Can't wait to go. I can't wait to see my mom again. That's going to be awesome. 
And I know you want that too. So that's what we know about us. What can we know about Jesus? Two things. The first thing is Jesus is our hope for heaven. He's the reason we can even have this hope. In verse 14, it says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so, because we believe that, we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. I just gotta remind you again, we say this a lot in the last couple of years. Christianity, this faith movement that has changed the, the face of the earth for the last 2,000 years, it did not start the beginning of Christianity did not start because Jesus was this really good teacher and a guy who loved people. That's not why it started. People were not giving up their lives and being crucified themselves and being stoned and murdered because, yeah, but he's a good teacher. You just don't do that. You know why Christianity started? Because these guys who had spent three years of their life devoted to this man watched him experience a brutal, horrific crucifixion, death on the cross, and he died. And then three days later, he showed up and said, what's going on? And that's when they went, are you kidding me? This wasn't about his teachings. In fact, if you look at their first teachings, all of their first messages, it wasn't like, hey, you really should serve the poor and love your spouse, you know, and be kind and forgive one another, which are all in the Bible. Those are good teachings. Their message was, the guy you killed is alive. Okay? Now that's what they were dealing with and they gave their life to let the world know the Son of God actually came because nobody else dies as, dies as, <laughs> nobody else dies and rises again. And then it says that they were all gathered together after he had hung out with them for a while. In fact, it says, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he was with 500 people at the same time. And he goes, in fact, you know what? As I'm writing this, most of those people are still alive. Side note, you know why the Bible actually can be reliable? Some people will say, well, that's just a myth. You know, it got written later, and people are just making up stories about this guy. You know, what a joke. None of that could actually happen. Paul's like, are you kidding me? I'm writing this, and 500 people saw Jesus alive. So in other words, if you don't want to listen to me, go check them out there. They're in your streets. Okay? This, this actually happened, and while they were all together, Jesus actually, in their presence, ascended and rose back up into heaven. This was their story, and that's what they would die for. And I want to tell you, how is that our hope? It's our hope of heaven because we finally saw the one who is from there come to this earth, live a glorious life that even people who don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God would say, man, if we could just live how he lived, the world would be a great place, right? So he lived the glorious life in front of us with all authority over earth and heaven and demonic and, and, and weather and all this kind of stuff. He dies, he rises again, shows up and hangs out with everybody and then ascends in heaven. Okay, I think I might be crazy too then. And get out and let everybody know that this is who Jesus is. But what that did was it let us know there's something more beyond this world. There's something more beyond this world. Our hope that there actually is a heaven that's gonna be greater than what we've experienced down here is Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. 
And you know what's so cool, you know, guys, is our scientists, I love science. I love how they study our body and figure out so much stuff. I love how they study the, the universe and go, oh my gosh, the design out there is unbelievable. There, there must be something going on. I love it. And now our scientists are studying stuff and they're discovering what? That there are multiple what? Universe. Multiple universes. Multiple dimensions. They now go, they're now going, okay, wait a second. There's something going on outside what we're actually kind of physically experiencing down here. And it's beyond us. And some guys are saying, I think there's 10 dimensions out there. And I just want to go, cool. Keep going, keep studying. But here's what's funny to me. A scientist will say that there's something, more dimensions beyond the world. And we're all like, oh my gosh. And we believe them. But when Jesus comes down from heaven, in a virgin birth, which would be supernatural, from another world, dies, rises again, and ascends, then people go, oh, are you kidding me? That's a bunch of hogwash. When he tells us that there is a heaven and that there's a world beyond this and you were created for that, why is it that the world thinks that's a joke? But when our scientists figure it out, we're like, we're open to that. I just can't wait. Wouldn't that be cool? I think what's going to happen is eventually when we get to heaven, we're going to go, man, yeah, you guys were onto something. You were onto something. There is life beyond this, and Jesus Christ is our hope by his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And I'm telling you, what he's telling you is, you're going to die too. And when you die, will you rise with me? And will you ascend with me? Because you don't go to heaven without me. You don't have the eternal life. The only way to get there is with me. So, he is our hope. And here's the second thing we know about Jesus. He just said, he goes, he will come again. He's gonna come again. Here we go, verse 16. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. <laughs> See this, I, I'm, I just, every time I read this, I go, this is, sounds... I haven't even seen a movie this goofy. <laughs> and so we're going to be with him forever. It's amazing stuff. But I just got to tell you, you can't actually believe in Jesus and not believe this because this was his message. This isn't Paul's idea. Jesus Christ said in John 14, 3, he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. He says it all the time. He goes, and he uses these, what's cool is he, he uses these same things. He says, at the last trumpet sound, he goes, when I come. He says another place, he says, when I come with all my angels. He goes, when I come. So if we're gonna believe in Jesus, we actually believe that he is an eternal God who's gonna come again. And in Acts chapter one, <laughs> after he ascended into heaven, it says um, th these two angels came down and it said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? And I kind of want to go, uh, because we just watched a guy go up into the clouds. <laughs> just, maybe, maybe that's why. Um, but they, and then he says, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go. And you guys, what the cool thing about all this is why? Why is he going to do that? There's only one reason. Because he wants you to be with him forever. It's your destiny. It's what you were created for.
Now let's talk about how this is hope. How is this hope an encouragement to us? Well, first of all, he, were, he started off the, the verse 13 and he said, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are dead, asleep, so that you don't grieve like those, like the rest of mankind who doesn't have any hope. And, and so when I was thinking about that, like, like <clears throat> when do people, let's think about, when do people actually think about heaven? When do people think about heaven? Yeah, when they're going to die. See, so when, when, if you're in a season of war, if you're surrounded by people and all of a sudden your brothers and your uncles and your dads and bombs are coming and people are dying, guess what everybody starts talking about? Heaven. Is there a heaven? Is there anything beyond this? Because everybody's leaving me. And a plague comes in and people get wiped out and they start talking about heaven. And the slavery, right? The slavery, the ridiculous slavery that happened in our, in our own country, right? What did they sing about? Someday I'm going to fly away, right? Now here's where your hope is, you guys. You know when you need hope? You need hope when everybody around you is dying. And I'm just, just remind you again, that's going to happen. And where's your hope going to be? And you also need hope when life is broken and when life is hard. And you need hope if you're sitting in the hospital and all of a sudden you've got something, like, like our friends just recently, and you don't know if you're going to make it through the surgery or you get cancer and you know you're going to die. Where's your hope? See, this, this is when this matters. Have you thought about your mortality? And see, I just got to confess to you, I am so sorry. I'm just going to, I am so sorry. In nine years, I have not talked enough about this. I, I apologize to you. God's doing something to me to wake me up. But I will tell you why, though. Because I grew up in churches where people got their, said their prayer, repeat this prayer, got their ticket to go to heaven, Right? And then they didn't look anything at all like Jesus. They were bitter and cruel and critical and mean and, and greedy. And I just said, wait a second. Don't you know that when you receive Christ, he transforms you now? That he actually fills you with his love and his joy and his peace now? So I didn't want all these people just down here having a cruddy life and going, but I get to go to heaven. I wanted you to know you can have him now. And I, so I swung over here and I've been, because I want you to live but I also know I want you to come over here and I want you to know you're going to die. And you can have hope that if you don't have a great life and you lose your job and you lose your child or your spouse or your health, that there's a hope that's beyond this world. And you were created for that. And I just want to tell you, man, like... I just, when I think about this, there's a couple things, too, that are so exciting about the world to come. And this is where we, why we need to do a series, but one of the things that this, Bible, that this passage just tells us is this world we're going to is one of infinite love. Oh. Keeps talking about how we're going to be together. We're going to be together. We're going to be together with him. We're going to be together. But here's the cool thing. We're not going to be together with our critical attitudes. <laughs> We're not going to be together with our judgment anymore. We're not going to look at somebody and say, oh, because you dress that way or because you don't do this or because you didn't do this or because you said that to me, I'm going to pull away my love. All that crap is going to be gone. Thank you, Lord. Seriously, because our sin's going to be gone. We're going to finally see Jesus as he is and all of our junk's going to be exposed and he's actually going to love you. And because he does, you're going to be like, you're going to love each other. We are going to love each other, you guys. This new world, the new earth and new heaven is not the messy relational conflict that we have here constantly judging each other and criticizing anymore. 
It's gonna be those who have centered their life, who've received the grace of God. And finally, we get it sort of right now, the Bible says. It says that we see dimly, but when we die, we're gonna see him face to face, and we're gonna know how deeply he actually does love us and how he really has wiped out our sin, and it's gonna change your heart. And you're gonna have a, he says you're gonna be changed in an instant, and it's gonna be heaven, and it's gonna be beautiful, and that's what you were designed for. And here's the other cool thing. You are coming back here. Hi, you are. You're not going to hang out there. You're going to come back here. That, when it says that they went to, that those of us who are still, still here, uh, the scripture says we are going to meet the Lord in the air. You know, it's kind of found. But you know what that word meant to meet somebody? It meant that um, if there was a dignitary that was coming into the city or if there was a king who was conquered in the war, they, people would leave the city and they'd go out to meet them so they could join their entourage and join it and come into the city. Woohoo! That's what that, you guys get that picture? So instead of sitting here waiting, go, hey, they're coming. No, they're like, they're coming. So they go and they go meet them, and then they join the party coming on in. And so this is so crazy. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You guys know what that means? I never, I'll be honest, I never got this till this week. That means when Jesus comes back again, my mom's coming with him. How cool is that? And then I'm like, me too, right? And then I'm going to go, and then it's not that we're going to go hang out in earthy, in, in ethereal heaven anymore. That Jesus says, no, now you're going to have resurrected bodies, and I'm coming back down here to establish my kingdom on this earth and get rid of all the junk and all the sin and all the pain and all the sorrow, and we're going to be down here, and it's going to be a freaking party for eternity. That is your destiny. I, I, me too. Thank you, Jesus. I was driving around this week and seeing everybody out there loving life, right? Everybody's out there running and biking, kids and dogs, and I'm at the Ute game, and we're just having a blast. And all I could think was, and so everybody's like, man, this is so good. I don't want God. Like, don't mess with this. And God's going, are you kidding? You're going to get to do this in perfection if you just hang out with me. But I'm telling you right now, every human heart doesn't want God. We don't... And so what we're saying to him is, listen, dude, I just want to be down here. I want to do my own thing. And our every human heart has been away from God. And the saddest thing is if you die and your heart has been away from God, then you're going to stand before him and he's going to go, dude, I'm just going to let you do what you wanted. If you didn't want me, then you're free to not have me. And that will be your destiny. I'm telling you, that's why Jesus came. Your heart and my heart want to run our own life. And I'm telling you, heaven will not be a place where anybody is allowed in who's going to run their own life. Because then it'd be like this again. You guys understand that? Then heaven would be this again. And he's like, this ain't going to be happening again. Everybody in heaven is someone who actually turned towards me. And it'll be full of people who want me. And it'll be full of people who have received me and I was able to change their heart and get it torn away from itself and open it up to others. And that will be glory. And your hope of glory and mine is Christ in you. And it's yours.
And so for all of you, last thing, last, all of you who, who believe that, you Christians in this room, can I just ask you a question? Are you living like you're never gonna die? Are you living for this eternal reality, for your destiny? Or are you so caught up in this world? Have you got duped into thinking that this is what it's all about? Are you pouring your time and your energy and the talent that God gave you for his glory so that you could help reveal how awesome he is to this world that's dying without him? How are you doing that? Are you living for stuff that's going to last forever? Or have you got duped into saying, but I need more stuff, man, and I need a better job, and I, I need this, and I, I'm telling you, man, live like you're never going to die. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for not leaving us in the dark. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and revealing to us, because every human being is going to have to face this. Thanks Thank you, thank you for letting us know what our ultimate reality is. Come in power and in glory and rescue us, God. Even right now in this room, would you rescue us from ourself? Rescue our hearts from wandering away from you. Bring us back. Shine the light in our heart. Help us to remember by the power of your spirit inside of us, change us and help us to live lives of love and joy and peace and goodness and sacrifice and service in such a way that people have to look at us and go, what's up with you guys? And we can say, it's Jesus, and you can know him too, and you can be with him forever. Lord, may that happen in this room in Jesus' name. Amen.